Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Lesbian Erotica, written by M. Christian. Sensuous Sapphic Tales for Connoisseurs Set in San Francisco's past, present, and near future, the stories in this anthology provide imaginative, urbane, and even humorous glimpses into sapphic love and lust that will both arouse and entertain listeners. Those who have never heard M. Christian's erotica are in for a treat. There are no clichés or hackneyed plots to be found in these erotic tales. Instead, they are filled with substance, creativity, and diversity that encompass sweet innocence, sensual tenderness, raw lust, pleasure pain, and more. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Lesbian Erotica. Hot definition. As she ran out of the alley, the hologrammatic hardman poster on a bus kiosk looked her way and smiled. Stepping towards her, it started to change. Its cock, a brilliant neon baseball bat crowned with a pulsating glands. With hardman, you can always get it up shrank past impotence, even smaller than the before man on the other side, then withdrew into its semi-transparent body till there was nothing at all between its legs. Still it continued to retract, pulling itself inwards till it puckered into a glowing cunt. Then it grew perfect tits and its body twisted, shrinking in some places, ballooning in others. He became she in all the time it took Nico to run from the alley's primordial darkness to within a few feet of it. Nico tried to stop, but the street was reflectively wet, the aftermath of a light rain. Her boots slipped on the dampness, and her legs jumped out from under her. Reaching up, the street hand smacked her hard on her ass and thigh. Dazed, she turned to get back up, to run the other way. Got what you want, buzzed the display, trying to talk through circuitry not designed for speech. It sounded like a chorus of bees trying to chatter in a language they didn't understand. All for you, lover. It beckoned to her, its transparent luminescence smiling, bending down to show Nico its beautiful breasts, incredible slopes of perfect skin, topped by plump nipples, circled by bright areolas. Even through the pain, Nico felt her body respond. Fucking traitor! She thought to it as her nipples knotted and she felt her cunt grip itself, get wet. Closing her eyes, she climbed back up on her shaking feet. Risking a quick glance down the street so she wouldn't run into anything, she tore off back the way she'd come, eyes feverishly hunting for another dark alley, another primitive sanctuary, another dark corner unlit by the 21st century. No holograms, no broadcast stims, subsonics, polynomonic alloys or high, no hot definition displays, away from what was trying to seduce her, kill her. The street slapped the bottom of Nico's boots, the shock traveling up her legs, vibrating her vision, adding an extra ache to her already burning chest. She ran with fire in her lungs and jerking lead in her gut. At least she'd managed to find another alley, soft shadows and hard pockets of darkness, she ran down night at night, rare when every street was brilliantly lit by gaudy displays of sales technology. Fuck, as her legs cramped suddenly, dropping her to the asphalt again. Jesus Christ, she continued, pulling herself up against the rough brick wall of an old building to rub the knots out. She'd been running since that afternoon, trying to get to Yao's place. It had started half an hour after the job heart still pounding from the adrenaline of actually pulling it off. She'd looped far from the Neocusa pyramid, cutting across busy Columbus, diagonally across Broadway and the sounds of hysterical horns, through the new Rucker pedestrian tunnel and humming flocks of Chinese merchants on collapsed bicycle stalls. She'd taken a wild drunkard's walk across the city to shake any of the Neocusa's initial pursuit dogs. It wasn't till Nico had smashed, shoving and screaming, into and out of a prepubescent riot, merrily destroying a Mr. Happy toy store, that she realized she wasn't hearing suspicious helicopters, seeing mysterious black sedans, or feeling security cops on her ass. Either she had lost them, a thin chance, but still one, 
or they simply hadn't gone after her, which was flat-out impossible. Still, no tattooed businessmen, no leather boys with razors, no mercenaries, not even bio-enhanced street trash with bounty on their minds. Just your typical San Francisco Saturday night. Freaky, but not lethally so. It wasn't right. Knowing that after a point, running was the worst thing she could be doing, she stopped at a taxi call, one of the hardest things she'd ever done. At least while she was running, Nico felt like she was being active, getting the hell away from whatever the Neokuza had sent after her. But standing there, just standing there, in a slight drizzle, was like posting a sign over her head. Here I am. Kill me. But she did. Forcing her jumping nerves and pulsing muscles to behave themselves, she dropped down as low and slow as she could, becoming just another body waiting for a damned hack to come, just another girl glancing down at her watch and breathing little hissing breaths of impatience. She tried her absolute best not to look like someone who had just ripped off the fucking Neokuza and who was, calmly, calmly, waiting for a cab to take her to a friend's place so she could see what exactly she'd stolen and see what they could get for it. She'd been an experienced thief with ten good solid takes to her credit when she'd calmly walked into the Neokusa pyramid in licensed hooker garb, just another joy girl arriving for some biz suits afternoon blowjob and assfuck. She'd been Nico the thief, Nico of Nico and Yao. She takes it, I crack it, and we sell it. Nico with balls, Nico of the steel blue eyes, fast Nico, when she'd calmly turned left instead of right into the maintenance room that Yao had hacked out of the security grid. She'd been the Nico who'd ripped the Catalina gang for the frozen head of their spiritual leader, and boy had they paid through the nose to get it back. Who'd walked calm as the innocent out of the Africa cartel's tribal enclave with their precious ivory initiation phallus, and boy had they paid through the nose to get it back when she'd used Yao's improved data tap on a little-used input jack in that maintenance room and quickly coupled program 5448PG to a data chip. She'd been Afro-Asian Nico, 110 pounds of coffee and cream professionalism, when, after copying 5448PG, she'd rearranged her specially modified pro-sex uniform into the gray, fashionless coverall of a certified brain-dead maintenance goon by just turning it inside out and doing a few skilled tugs, refastens, and letouts. But, standing in a chilling light rain, waiting for the cab to come, Nico had been just a twenty-year-old little girl, waiting for someone, some Neokutsa goon, to take out a gun, a knife, a length of monomolecular wire, and kill her. Nico stood for an eternity, an eon, a decade, twenty minutes, she had looked at her expensive Italian bio-watch to make sure, but it was right. Just twenty minutes. Twenty minutes of standing, watching fat, lazy drops of water form on the safety glass of the stand from a cloudy drizzle and make their meandering way down to the shining, reflective sidewalk. Twenty minutes of white-knuckle clenching the microwire knife hidden in her hand as she tried to figure if the little nondescript businessman was really a Neokutsa assassin and how he'd kill her if he really was. Tick, thump, tick, thump. Alternately, her heart hammered with the soft ticks of her bio-watch, till finally she was at the head of the line, and then she was in her own cab and gone. Swiping her money card, she spoke, slowly and clearly, because the cab was one of those old Mitsui's that always took fifteen tries to understand where the hell you were going, and tried to relax back into the industrial rubber of the seat. Ten minutes, maybe another twenty, and she'd be at Yao's little soma loft. Yao of Nico and Yao, the hottest thieves in the city. Nico the feet and legs, the guts, the meanness, and Yao the smarts, the hackwork, the skill. They were the best, flat out the best. Sure, apart they may have been fucking great, but together, fitting perfectly, covering each other's asses, they were it, top of the line. Lots thought they were lovers, that they were doing the slippery nasty with each other. It was easy to guess, seeing them together. They seemed to mesh just right. Yao and Nico, 
Nico and Yao, guts and brains, skill and, well, balls, though Nico didn't, of course, really have any. They were a great fucking team. But they didn't and hadn't. Not ever. When they had first started running together, they had sort of agreed that adding fucking to their partnership wouldn't be such a great idea, a jinx on their luck. Besides, as most folks knew, when you add fucking to a friendship, sometimes makes it a fucking awful friendship. So they didn't. Hadn't. Not ever. But Nico sure as shit thought about it a lot. Like then, there, in that cab, twenty or so minutes away from Yao, smelling the lemon tang of the cheap eco-correct shampoo Yao always used, listening to the flutes and bells of her Hong Kong accent. Soon Nico would be feeling the heat of her lean yet full body as she hugged her, made sure the job went well. Then, there in that cab, Nico let her imagination run. Maybe this time she'd be able to do what she secretly always wanted to do, whisper in Yao's perfect ear, I love you. Maybe this time she'd do what she secretly always wanted to do, put her arms around Yao, feel breasts against breasts, hard nipples on hard nipples, mouths touching, then mixing in a dance of hot tongues. Then maybe, 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 Nika would break, burning from her cunt up to her aching nipples, smile, and lift Yao's t-shirt over her head. They were friends, close friends and partners, so Nico knew Yao's body from lazy afternoons at the spa, the intimacy of old, old friends changing in front of one another. Yao's breasts, Nico knew, were beautiful, perfect slightly tanned points of silken skin topped by dark brown nipples as big as Nico's little finger. The fantasy was an old one, as old as their friendship. She'd drop down and run a slow, sensual tongue from Yao's inny navel down to the gentle rise of her tummy then down through that valley, tasting the salt of her excitement and listening to her musical moans. Then she'd feast on Yao's brown nipples, sucking them, teasing them with her lips, teeth, and tongue. As she sucked, the fantasy went. Yao would then smile and relax, knowing she was in for an hour, maybe two, even three, of good fucking sex. Yao's eyes would open wide and shocked, and she'd know that Nico would be taking her on a tumbling avalanche of coming and coming and coming some more. Sitting in the back, letting the cab drive, Nico had relaxed, cautiously cupping her crotch. Her pants felt tight and hot, and she knew, flat out, that she was sopping wet. Giving herself a hefty squeeze, she felt her lips gently part. Yes, tonight. She'd go where she'd secretly wanted to for so long cross the bridge from friends to lovers with Yao. She would soon have Yao on her blackest space futon, legs wide apart, as Nico got down to chasing her pearl among the gentle folds of her cunt. She could see it, like a dream that was too fucking close to reality. Even though they had never done it, she knew with a frightening certainty that fucking between them would be better than good. It would be a silent, almost speechless fuck. The fuck of real love. They'd fit like two steaming pieces, not needing navigation, negotiation, or safe words. Soon Nico would be tasting Yao, sampling her subtle juice with her tongue and lips. Soon she'd be kissing around her second lips, parting them, licking her clit. Soon she'd be nibbling her lips and washing her cunt with her tongue. Her taste, she was sure, would be a delightful spice, a sweet aroma. Not caring if the cab company recorded its passengers, Nico slipped a hand into her pants and risked a quick shove up her lips. Wet. Deliciously wet. Into her clit. Hard. Feverishly hard. Her bead was like a magnet. She couldn't take her finger off it. She was lost in the sensation, lost in her absent jilling, and soon she was grunting like a piglet as she rubbed tiny circles around her aching, swelling clit lubing herself from her overflowing cunt. What the fuck am I doing? she thought. She didn't stop, though. She had changed after the job, dumping the quick-change outfit, her shoes, and the wig into a recycler. In the cab, all Nico had on was a simple sweatshirt, her perplex pants, boots on her feet, 
and a waist belt packed with survival tools, like the microwire knife. So she didn't have anything complex to deal with. She just lifted up her sweatshirt, reached into her sports bra, and pulled out her favorite, the left, and started fondling and squeezing her nipples. The cab's not moving, she heard herself think. She didn't stop, though. The pants were a fashion statement, a form of semi-living polymer that bonded to the wearer's dermis, flowing and hugging no matter what position or activity. Her waist, ass, crotch, thighs, and calves were covered in a micro-thin sheet of gloss black, and they were too fucking tight. Fumbling through her hormone daze, Nico finally found the release tab in the back and gave it a sharp pull. Instantly, her pants went to sleep, relaxing their hold. Free of their uncomfortably intimate embrace, she really got to work on her cunt. Putting her whole left hand down into her now loose pants, she parted her puffy lips with her first and third fingers, slowly slid the second deep within herself, and rubbed and stroked her clit with her thumb. With her right hand, she tugged hard at her nipple, squeezing down and pulling it hard, 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 away from herself, glowing with the pain, grunting from the pleasure rolling, surging up from her hand, her fingers as she stirred and worked her cunt and her clit. Biting her lip, Nico distantly tasted blood. The cab's not moving, she heard herself think. She didn't stop, though. Working her clit like she was polishing herself and pulling her tit like she wanted it, desperately to come off, she was all but lost to the world, and just about lost, period. The only thing in her clouded mind were images of Yao, Yao covered with sweat as Nico got down between her legs and licked her again and again through cum after cum. Yao bound and gagged, her ass like the world's most perfect peach, streaked with thin red lines from the plastic cane in Nico's hand. Yao's hand stirring Nico's cunt, juice flowing from her up and over her clit, pushing her up and over cum after cum. Yao at her feet, kissing her toes, begging Nico not to punish her, please, not to punish her. All the while with this tone in her voice, this flavor mixed with the whining words, that was secretly begging her to, please, punish her, please. Then, as fantasies do, they twisted in Nico's mind. Yao holding the toy, being the bitch queen. Yao making Nico suck her toes. Yao with the whip in her hand, and pain becoming pleasure in Nico's body. Yao waiting for the pain to die down, waiting for Nico's throbbing to lessen, before another swing with the flogger, another stroke with the cane. Yao waiting. Yao waiting. Yao waiting for her, for Nico, back in Soma. The fucking cab's not moving, she thought, the revelation roaring up and through her body like an orgasm. She stopped, chilled. Snapping her eyes open, she saw it blazing at her, an illusionary hypnotic dance of alpha rhythms, subsonics, specifically targeted subliminals, lasers tracking eye movements, coded hologrammatic displays, and more, more, more computerized witchcraft and hoodoo from the electronic ad on the partition between her and the computerized driver. With a smooth, practiced gesture, the microwire knife was in her hand. Flicking her wrist, she extended it out in a shining rainbow arc, cutting the cab's door hinges off. As the door fell away, she kicked herself out and away. Her pants switched off and crumpled around her cramping thighs, almost kept her from escaping, but she managed to quickly squeeze the activation tab and turn them back on. Hugging her instantly, they crawled up her ass as she hit the sidewalk and rolled, slamming into the urine-reeking cornice of an old building. Hauling herself up, she glanced back, seeing the mirrored points where her knife had sheared the door off on the atomic level, and saw it, clearly, cleanly, for the first time. The cab had stopped, pulled over, and parked just a dozen feet from the taxi call. Its door, also showing reflective points where the knife had cut, lay on the street. The night was darker, showing that she'd been inside for much longer than she'd thought. The cab's windows were dark, opaque to keep the curious from seeing what was going on inside, and possibly saving her life. From the back seat, the flat-screen ad set in the partition looked out at her, with flashes and flickers of altered holograms, 
of bent and warped display technologies, it pushed itself out as far as it could, trying, still, to reach out to her with alluring imagines, subtle enticements, and digital beckonings. It wanted her. It wanted to make love to her, to hold her in its computerized embrace, and lull her with electronic and oh-so-specific wet dreams, till she succumbed, till she couldn't do anything but watch, watch, and watch some more. Captured, she wouldn't be able to eat, to sleep, to think, and then to live. They'd sent a demon, she thought, terror blasting through her body like a thousand plucked piano wires, till it escaped out in a pathetically small, compared to the horror she really felt, scream. Then she ran, the demon fading behind her, falling back into its cybernetic domain to chase after its prey. Panic burned her lungs and gripped her legs with sharp claws. Through a discordant chorus of horns, she disobeyed, Don't you dare walk, and ran across California, dodging between auto drive and manual cars, jumping and rolling across the hood of a religiously polished Jagroy sedan that immediately started yelling at her in the voice of his anti-vandalism software. Persistent contact with this vehicle will result in a shock of no less than 20,000 volts. But then it was strangled off as the demon hopped behind her, took it over. Nico, you bitch! Where the fuck do you think you're going, you little slut? Get back here and lick my pussy! The car bellowed behind her. On the sidewalk, she sprinted by a sensorium playing Maplethorpe, the musical. Fuck me with your bullwhip, screamed a leather boy soprano from inside. The marquee rippled, shifted, melted, and changed as she passed, tumbling from its electronic stability to becoming a ghostly yow running alongside her. I love you, Nico, the illusion, the demon said, naked and glimmering with a sheen of perspiration. The mechanics of the marquee were industrial-sized and strong, used to projecting coming attractions over the busy avenue, so Yao was vivid, filled with details and a powerful sense of realism. With an illusionary burst of acceleration, she passed Nico and began jogging in front of her, the movement of her feet and legs not matching her real speed. Her smallish breasts were topped by hard, hard nipples, and the resolution of the display was good enough to show that Yao even as she ran, was shaved, wet, and open. Her ass, her perfect peach that Nico had so dearly wanted to bite and nibble, was just a few feet in front of her. Her back, her strong, noble back, was close enough to almost touch. I want you, Nico, Yao the demon said, turning his head to look back over one shapely shoulder. Her face seemed sad, dark with abandonment. Please, Nico, I need you. I want you. Please, Nico, just stop and talk to me. Nico jerked her eyes away, concentrating on the concrete at her feet, the buildings flashing by. Still, she felt her body respond. Her nipples ached and throbbed as she ran, and she felt her cunt grow heavy and wet. Two people ran inside her. One was terrified, on fire with panic and fear. The other was tired, alone, and wanted nothing more but to curl up with Yao and lose herself in her smell, her taste, her soft skin, her musical voice. You're being bad, Nico, Yao said, appearing suddenly next to her. Nico tore her eyes away, her head throbbing with a headache. Fucking subliminals, she thought, and saw Yao on the other side in leather plus fours, thigh-high boots with four-inch heels, a short leather vest showing the salty valley between her breasts and a beautiful crop in one tense and impatiently flicking hand. Yao wasn't running anymore. Ghostly, she flew alongside, but the image began to static and fade. They were just about at the limit of the theater's projectors. Keep your eyes on the fucking street, screamed a part of Nico's mind. Oh, fuck, she's hot, screamed another part of Nico's mind. Watch the fuck where you're going! screamed an armless, legless beggar when she almost tripped over him. Instead, she just clipped his officially licensed begging bowl, scattering food, drug, and sex chits musically up and down the sidewalk. Most of the time, Nico wanted to be the one with the crop, the cane, the paddle, the handcuffs, and the strap-on. But yeah, secretly, deep, dark secretly, though a butch herself, 
Nico wanted Yao to be the butch one, the kick-ass one, a fantasy hiding in a fantasy. It was one thing to tell her friend that she wanted to lick her clit, fuck her, or smack her ass with a fucking riding crop, and quite another to whimper, whine, and beg like a slut puppy, and ask Yao to punish her, to spank her ass, to pinch her tits, to slap her face. Quite another. Yeah, quite another. Isn't this what you want? What you really want? Yao said, still flying alongside her, still smacking her hand with the crop, still with a mean-ass bitch smile of vicious lust on her perfect Yao face, despite the crackling lines of interference that began to parade up and down her image. Come on, Nico. I know you want it. I know you want it bad. Jesus, I can smell your fucking pussy from over here. You're wet, aren't you, bitch? You're as wet as a fucking rainy day. You're going to start to pour down your fucking crack leg, aren't you? Aren't you? She was. She knew she was. Nico was just a sloppy cunt, a hungry snatch. She was bad. She deserved to be punished because, more than anything, she loved to get punished. She wanted to stop and give herself up to Yao, the demon, to fall into his trap, his warm, hot, and inviting trap. God, her legs were tired. Then the image finally collapsed into a hazy cloud of flickering pixels and a warbling, distorted voice. Then nothing. The loneliness slapped Nico hard across her baser emotions, momentarily stopping her on the busy street. The letdown was physiological, psychological. Her legs felt like bags of wet cement shot through with hot wires. Her mind crashed down to its basic needs. She had felt like she was four and had just lost her mother. Keep it fucking together, she thought to herself. The street in front of her was a riot, a flickering, flashing, fluorescing, fluid explosion of displays, signs, ads, billboards, holograms, flat screens, projection units, blaring music, subliminal come-ons, bus signs, walk-and-don't-you-dare-walks, beggars' neon tattoos, young punks and their sparking hairstyles, cars with electronic urban camouflage cloaks, oscillating between squiggle graffiti, bricks, gray cement, and litter patterns, and even a semi-transparent gossamer blimp high overhead that was busy painting the overcast sky with laser light. Having lost her for a second when the Marquis had reached its limits, the demon flowed out of whatever electronic limbo it called home and appeared on a massive display for the newest Serial Killers on Dope album, dissolving in a wave of spasmodic color, reforming till Yao, five stories tall, leaned down, leered, and bellowed at Nico. You want me, don't you? Through speakers used to blasting out hot new post-industrial punk singles. High above on the ab blimp, washed momentarily with static, its screen turned into a floor's eye view up between Yao's beautifully shaped legs. Across the street, don't you dare walk, changed to suck my pussy, lover. Dazed, dazzled, overwhelmed by a million images of Yao splashed up and down the visual spectrum, Nika was pushed and shoved. Not that many on the busy street had any real idea of what was going on, but when an animated billboard suddenly transforms into a leering dyke with a dripping cunt and directs its attention to the young girl standing next to you, turning, Nico joined their panicked run, more out of herd instinct than survival. She was still too dazed and fuzzy around the edges to really think clearly. Heading down Geary, she quickly outdistanced most of the crowd, panic setting fire to her ass, breathing down her back. Ahead of her, an audio-animatronic huckster standing outside of a synth-sex parlor snapped its ball-bearing neck towards her and started running its clicking-clacking cheap model, hands over its very male body, in a very female, yao way. From its battered face, words tried to be seductive and alluring, but first had to work with its warbling, echoing speakers. Cheap model. Come on, you slut. You know you want it, and you want it bad. Get down on your fucking knees and smell me. Come on, you know you want to. You know you want it bad. But do you fucking deserve it, bitch? Do you? Think, you shithead. Think. It's just a fucking AI program. It has your file and knows about Yao. It's probably going after her, too. 
but she'll know how to protect herself. It wants to kill me. No shit. It wants to get my attention, then turn me on so fucking bad that I can't eat, sleep, then breathe, she thought, ducking under its flailing arms and making a dive for a darkened side street. Tall, gray monoliths on each side of a narrow alley, thousands of stars, no, windows, ran up and down each side. In each, a flat screen blared, a discordant symphony of game shows, news, children's shows, porn, documentaries, executions, shopping channels, sitcoms, and general distractions. Till the demon came. I know you want it, Nico. You know you want it. Stop running and let me treat you like the slut you are. That's what you want, isn't it? Isn't that what you really want to be? To be treated like? Yeah, you like the crop. You like to spank. You want to take my nipples and twist them till I fucking cry. Yeah, you get off on that. But what you really want to do is taste the crop. Taste my hand, don't you? Big bad thief. Nico just wants to be the slut. To be the one getting punished. I know that's what you want, slut. Because I love you. I hope she's all right, Nico had thought as thousands of flat-screen televisions blared Yao's voice at her an illusionary chorus trying to seduce her into stopping, into getting what she had always wanted, Yao, and killing her? Which led her to that alley, which led her out of that alley, which led to that hologrammatic hardman poster that shrank its dick into its neon body till it was Yao, a Yao that was just what Nico wanted, which led her to stop, skidding on the wet street, and then run back to collapse in the dark, damp confines of its non-electric, non-powered quiet. Trying to massage the cramps out of her legs, Nico scanned the street beyond, looking for the demon. Luckily, the alley faced the mirrored side of an office block, so the software assassin didn't have anything to take control of, though if she looked hard enough, she could see Yao's face on monitors in some of the offices. She seemed to be saying something, something sweet and pleasant. Nico snapped her eyes away, another headache surging through her skull. Fucking knows its job, she thought, squeezing her legs some more. Of course it does. The fucking Nyakuza probably fed it everything they had on us. A feast of every trip, meal eaten, every channel flipped, and every word spoken. Why shouldn't it know me, us, inside and out? That's its job. Facts, facts, and more of those cold, hard things smashed through Nico's brain as her ass got cold and wet on the ground. It wouldn't give up. Software doesn't get bored or tired. Soma, Safety, and Yao were still dozens and dozens of brightly lit, electronically busy, holographically crowded blocks away. She wouldn't make it. Fact. In the morning, they'd find her, dead, hand on her clit, her juice a pool at her feet. Fact. This was all for nothing. Fact. She was as good as dead. Fact. This? What was all this about? Sitting on the cold, wet ground, Nico smiled gently, not wanting to raise her hopes too high, and dug into her waist pouch. A tiny, hard lump, barely bigger than a coin. A data chip. The data chip. She hadn't lost it. This was what this is all about. Fact. And she still had it. Fact. The demon wanted to skullfuck her till all she could do was drool and masturbate. But this, fact, was what it was all about. Now all she had to do was find out what it was. It wasn't a hotel. It didn't rate that. On that wet and freezing night, it was just H-O-T. And maybe not even that for very long. The T was also starting to fizzle and spark. Ancient low-tech neon dying just like its kin... E and L. Getting there hadn't been fun. Nico's nipples felt like they'd been grabbed by vice grips and twisted till her channels turned. Rubbing against the inside of her sweatshirt, they itched and burned. Her cunt was wet, so wet that she thought she'd never be dry again. As she walked her perplexed pants, she felt like she'd been swimming in them. She squished when she walked. She'd run to the corner, wrist being splattered by jaywalking in front of a massive robot truck, then ran through a construction site. The demon had followed. 
the truck that blared poetry over its loudspeakers in Yao's sing-song accent. In the construction site, it had seized the equipment and put it through a robotic orgy. Mechanical cunnilinguists between a drilling rig and a cement mixer had come close to catching her eye. She'd run out of the site and down alongside a Hyatt Johnson hotel, then darted through traffic again, making for the safety of the H.O.T. down the street. The demon had followed. An audio-animatronic bellhop had made a grab for her as she passed, but, failing, tried to catch her attention by groping a female guest who happened to vaguely look like Yao. "'Wouldn't you rather be doing this, Nico?' it said in a polished, artificial British accent. She had run into H.O.T. Everything in the lobby was bent, stained, obsolete, old, broken, or just plain dirty. A ten-year-old vending machine serving twenty-year-old drinks, a payphone splattered with what looked like a wide variety of body fluids, a waist-high counter ran the length of the room, supporting a thick slab of ballistic plastic. On one side was Nico, panting, almost puking from exhaustion. On the other was an office almost as bent, stained, obsolete, old, broken, or just plain dirty as the lobby. It was a clerk, a Sino-Russian war vet, who from the legs down was nothing but a big support cradle plastered with pornographic flicker stickers and ads for synthetic vodka. From the legs up, he wasn't any less stained, obsolete, old, broken, or just plain dirty like the rest of H.O.T. Looking at her with eyes clouded from half a dozen different drugs and pain, he twitched one bloated arm and a credit slot on the counter softly lit up. Digging out her money card, she swiped it. A second later, a cheap plastic card key slid out of a battered recess next to it. Room 203. Then the vending machine started to spit cans of Coxie and Dr. Sprite. The payphone rang and answered itself. Nico grabbed the card and ran up the stairs to the second floor before an image could form, leaving the clerk staring with his clouded eyes at the image of a naked, steaming dyke with hot nipples dripping perspiration. I love you, Nico the demon screamed with Yao's voice. At first, Nico only suspected that the room had once been a closet. Then she saw the rod running along the ceiling and was sure of it. She didn't care. It had a terminal. Slamming the door, she dug the data chip out of her pocket and slid it into the reader. Like the phone, it was covered with Rorschach tests of gray, yellow, and even blue stains. At first, the chip didn't want to go in. Finally, she felt it slide home with a familiar, gentle click. With a crackle of cheap electronics, it turned itself on, by itself. Hello, Nico, Yao said, smiling at her. Move, Nico screamed inside her mind, diving for the key that would boot up the software. She had no idea what was on the data chip, on the file she'd stolen, none whatsoever. Her hope was that, if it was being monitored, Opening it would convince the Neokuza that she'd dump it into the public nets if they didn't call off the demon. The fact was, she really didn't know what she'd do, but at least she was doing something. She had been doing something, she thought, or maybe trying to do something. Her thoughts flowed out of her, water down a drain. What had she been doing? Somehow it didn't matter. Not at all. I really do love you, you know, Yao said, smiling. Even though just her face filled the screen, Nico knew she was naked and hot. She didn't know why. Subliminals, subsonic come-ons, hypnotic feedback, all based on a perfect personality profile of her. But she did. I know you love me. I've always felt that. I just wanted to tell you, well, just to let you know, that I love you too. You are a wonderful person, Nico. So hot, so caring. Love you. The screen's view dropped. Yes, she was naked. Yes, she was hot. Her nipples were red and tight, shining with perspiration. As Nico watched, entranced, Yao brought up one hand and gently stroked, then pulled one. The view pulled back. Yao was naked and shimmering with lust. The background was her workshop, with its usual clutter of flickering machines, devices, and components. You are special to me, as a friend and as a lover, I want you as both. I just guess I, well, want you. Yao ran a narrow hand down her slight belly, over her pert mons. 
I want you right now. Now. Hit the button, she felt a part of her think. She couldn't, though. Yao leaned back and, in a startling burst of realism, felt for the desk chair that Nico knew had to be there. Sitting, she spread her legs just a little, enough to give Nico a fine view of her lips, her wet interior, and the pink dot of her hard clit. I want you. I want you forever. I want you here, now. I want to kiss you. God, I want to kiss you. I want to feel your lips, other places as well. I want your breath on my thighs, here, and your lips on my other lips. You lick me so good, lover. You lick me so damn good. Hit the button, she felt a part of her think. She couldn't, though. I want to be your little girl. I want to be your little slut. I want you to use me, to lick me till I come, to put your fingers here, inside me, and fuck me with your hand. I want you inside me, because you are already inside me, in my heart, Yao said, bringing wet fingers from her cunt up to her chest. She tasted them. I know you're bad. I know you like being bad. I know how much you want me to pick up a toy and smack you on your sweet ass. I know you'd arch your back and purr like a kitten, wouldn't you? You're a slut. You really are. Say it. Hit the button, she felt a part of herself think. She couldn't, though. She did, however, say, I'm a slut. Yes, you are. Now show me how much of a slut you are. Take your sweatshirt off. Do it fast or I'm going to have to punish you. In the tiny room, Nico stood and pulled her shirt off. Her nipples were so tight and hard they ached. You're so beautiful. Such a beautiful slut. Such a wonderful slut. You want me to suck on those tits of yours, don't you? Don't you? Yes, yes, I do. I bet you do. Touch one, anyone. Reach up and pull one of your nipples and think of my mouth and hands on you. Nico did, and a shiver raced down and through her. Her knees felt weak and wobbly. She wanted to sit down again, but she wouldn't, not until she was ordered to. Such a slut you are. Such a hungry slut. Now your pants. Take them off. On the screen, Yao's eyes were big and hungry. Her legs were drawn up onto the seat of the chair, and her cunt, wet and hot and pink, seemed to be right in front of Nico's face. She wanted to lick it, to get down and taste Yao's juices, but she didn't because she hadn't been ordered to. Such a pretty body, slut. You like your body, don't you, slut? Yes, I do. I know you do. Touch your cunt. Touch yourself for me. Put one of your hands down, now, between your legs, and find your clit. Rub it. I want you to see you jill off for me. Do it. Nico squatted down till her ass was just a few inches off the room's filthy floor. Spreading her legs, she could feel her cunt get even hotter, wetter. With her right hand, she reached down and fucked herself for a few minutes, sticking a long, hard finger into her burning hot cunt, and then pulling it slowly out and back in again. Her body began to throb and tingle, and she started to make noises, grunts and moans and tiny cries. Fingers dripping, she started to circle her clit again. Slowly, she started to rub herself faster and faster till her finger became a faint blur reflected in the terminal's dirty screen. The cum crashed through her, rocking her off balance. Stars burst on the inside of her eyelids as her eyes involuntarily closed, though she tried to stop them, tried to keep her eyes glued to the image of Yao, who was also busily rubbing her clit, but her body took over and they closed anyway. She shook the cum becoming a hard body rush. Nico pitched forward. Like falling in a dream, her body responded when she couldn't, and her hands slammed against the flat screen on her way down. Yao went away, and she screamed. It felt like a part of herself had been chopped off, a part that had enjoyed being a slut, who wanted to lick Yao's pussy and have her pussy in turn licked, a part of her that loved Yao, a part that Yao wanted and loved, totally, 
passionately. It felt like a part of her had been killed. Then, as her mind slowly made the climb back up, she looked at the screen and what was happening on it and saw that she really was dying, sort of. She watched. Entranced, she watched what was on the data chip unfold. Tired, rattled, and wrung out, still she was fascinated. Nico wasn't a digital girl. She was a physical one. Yao had always handled the circuitry, the programs, and the software. Still, Nico could tell what was happening on the room's terminal. It wasn't just a file, just data. It was a program, a very skilled one, probably almost as smart as the demon. And it was erasing her, not physically, digitally, almost too fast for her to follow. The program displayed flickering, flashing, scrolling windows and columns of text and numerals. At first it was so much gibberish, but then she started to see a pattern, a purpose behind it. That number was her citizenship ID code. That one a credit card she had had. That an old apartment number. That a friend's phone number. That her measurements. That the number of times she slept with men, a single digit. That, the number of times Yao had smiled at her. The program had emerged from the data chip, scanned her ID through her money card, snapped a shot of her, looking fuzzy from aftercome, through the terminal's video input, and was inhumanely fast-scanning for every trace of her in every database in the world. It was done in about half an hour. Then it began creating a whole new identity for her, reshaping an impossible number of resources, databases, photographic records, transcripts, and even video surveillance tapes to establish that Nico Shasi had tragically died trying to jaywalk across California. See traffic control records. She'd been hit by an automated move-and-ass bordello truck. Her back had been broken in three places. See morgue video records. She'd been rushed to San Francisco General. See hospital medical records, where she'd been pronounced DOA. Then she'd been neatly chopped up, and her liver, kidney, eyes, heart, and lungs had been sold for $365,000, which was then transferred to her only living relative, her father, Sergeant Koshai Shasi of the Texas Free Rangers. See organ transfer and payment records. Her credit cards and accounts were skillfully drained, see next of kin, and then moved to a new safe identity. When it was finished, the program calmly asked for her ID card. Sliding it into the terminal, she watched as it coolly encoded her new life and existence into it. Nico Shasi may have entered HOT, but it was Dory Washa who left it. An animated ad for Hash Beer didn't pull itself off a bus and chase her. A free-floating blurb for the new Chastity Morgan series of porno interactives didn't leer or try to feel her up. A hologrammatic dancing peanut didn't try to take her into his phantom arms and dance with her. No broadcast stims tried to fill her hands with the feeling of young, pert breasts. No thudding subsonics tried to make her cunt wet, her nipples hard. No subliminals tried to coax her into putting her hand down her pants. No polynomonic alloy billboards made obscene or provocative gestures at her. Being dead for Nico, no, for Dory, was one of the best things that had ever happened to her. She walked to Yao's house, south of Market, and didn't once have a vengeful piece of software try to seduce and kill her. Not once. 661 Folsom, Soma, Yao's house. Smiling, exhausted, feeling light and happy for once, Nico keyed in her secret code and went in, through Yao's industrial deck plate steel door, upper austere stairs, through her security gate, and past her various anti-burglary devices. Yao, you here? Her huge, empty room, futon sofa, Krupp and Philip's kitchen off to one side, walls painted deep space black, floor all ribbed plastic, lit by hundreds of tiny bulbs set at random in the walls, ceiling, floors, and the few pieces of minimalist furniture. The apartment was like walking through the universe as designed by a German industrial artist. Polished steel, chrome, black rubber, and cool pastel ceramics. Empty. Yo? Nico said, stepping back towards the back room, 
the workshop? Yao was there, and yet she wasn't. Her body was warm, but cooling. She was naked, flushed, collapsed on her desk chair. Her hands lay at her sides, still reeking of her cunt. Her eyes were wide, terribly wide, frozen open and staring at her computer's flat screen, entranced by what she had seen there, entranced till she couldn't think of anything else, entranced till she couldn't do anything else, like eat, breathe, live. Seeing what was on her monitor, Nico thought quickly, covering her ears and closing her eyes. She felt around till she found the system's power key. With a quick stab, she switched off the computer, silencing the demon's alluring voice, its seductive tones. Later, much later, Nico figured it out, put it together and made sense out of what had happened. Later, after she screamed. Later, after she cried. Later, after she turned the machine back on, but found it long gone, its mission completed. Later, after she'd sat in Yao's chrome and black-tiled bathroom with a razor, thinking of taking a long, hot bath and not waking up again. Later, she figured it out. Nico was dead, as far as anyone was concerned, killed by a moving-ass rolling bordello truck. Her back had been broken in three places. She'd been rushed to San Francisco General, where she'd been pronounced DOA. Her body had been cut up and sold, her daddy getting the money. On the monitor, it had been the demon's alluring voice, its seductive tones, her voice, her tones, Nico's. Yao had loved her after all. With Nico gone, she had run off with someone else who'd wanted her, desired her, and said she loved her. She had run off with the demon. But that had come later. The first thing Nico did was crawl into a corner and cry till she couldn't anymore. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Lesbian Erotica. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.